Love is a verb. Purpose is an action. Welcome, Welcome to, to Who Says Brew podcast. Welcome to podcast number two. Numero two, everybody. Yes. And today's topic of discussion is how did we meet, Ting? How did we meet? Let me think. We met in the summer of 2016. I think it was 2016. Was it 2016? My goodness. I'm not one for dates. The time and the dates of things and... Uh... We're in March. March, March 2016. That's the first time I saw you. And that's, yeah, that's the first time I laid my eyes on you. <laughs> <laughs> but at that time, you were with someone else. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was. And and you kept asking me, oh, are you American? Where are you from? I haven't seen you before. Yeah, well, we'll give it a little bit of context. I'm like, I'm just not going to ask if you're American out of, out of the blue. Okay, well, I was with someone American. Yeah, you were uh, someone who's American and we were bunch, uh, with a bunch of American students. Yeah. Right, and yeah. it was um, a get-together with with a professor. Yeah. And somehow I got tagged along in it. You were plus one. Yes. With, some, with uh, someone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You came up to me and then you had this, like, I don't know why you had this pickup line. It was the weirdest pickup line. I think she's lying. No, it's she's not. the story to everyone. It's not true. No, no, no. I can't make this stuff up. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just denying it because I did it, but I just don't think it's true. No, I don't no. think I did this. I can't, I can't make this stuff up, dude. I really can't. Oh, so what did, what did so, I do? So, okay. So you came up to me. We were talking in like a circle. I was talking to your friends. Um, we were having a liquor time and then you just come and you just stand next to me. You just look at me. Yes? Can I help you? And you're like, I can see it in your eyes. See what in my eyes? He's like, you're like, what do you do? What do you study? Okay, guess. Just guess. And he's like, and you're like, I see it in your eyes. What do you see in my eyes? And you're like, you've cut up dead people. Okay? <laughs> dead people? What do you mean by that, sir? You know what? End of the story, it worked. Look, I'm with you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> That's just... you, you have that look in your eyes. You've cut up dead people. What the hell? What kind of what kind of pickup line is that, Jerry? It wasn't a pickup line. I, I was just know. trying to understand you and, and look into your eyes and see the soul in your eyes. Yeah, That's well. what I was trying to do. And it worked. Okay? Uh, anyways, it doesn't but matter. You, and you were a beast, dude. You ate so much food. I was so shocked that a human could eat that much. No, yeah, well, those are my weightlifting days. You were so you, it was it was really really yeah. weird. So that's how we met. So we met through an event. The person that she was with went back to the States. I pursued. but before that the adventures like you also liked this other chick that was an american and i even i was like yeah go for her go for Uh, her yeah yeah, yeah. it was was a bunch of american students Uh, it was it was such an interesting time because i remember thinking and looking at you and i was like nah i'll never i'll never i'll never date this guy ever Ever, ever. No, not this guy who looks like a F-boy. I was like, nah, this guy, mm-mm. not not, not about that. My heart's been broken too many times by people like this. But then I got to know you and I was like, this guy's weird. Mm-mm-mm. I was like, I like it. <laughs> and you were different. I think we talked about this the other day, that significant moment when you mm-hmm. were going out with your friends and I was staying, I even remember what project I was doing. I was doing a 23andMe project talking about CRISPR genetic modifications and my part was 23andMe. And I was like editing it. I was editing the video for my group. I was with the other person that I was with. We were in the dorm. You came to late. You were so drunk. You were like red, red, red. Beyond three beers, red. I, I just don't know. You just came and laid next to me and it just felt right. In that moment, my heart was like beating so fast. I didn't want it to feel right, but it just it just felt right. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you felt in that moment. Yeah, I definitely felt drunk. Was always drunk. 
Yeah, but those were just university days, just getting it all out of the system. Not sure how I felt, but I definitely liked you. Well, I think that's why we're together now. Yeah, but it just goes to show that first impressions are normally false impressions. We can't believe our first impressions. That's what I'm trying to say. What was I like when we first met? Oh, man, you were like the typical Josie boy, all boot and Shakespeare and Binnets and all of that and about the gains and... I remember, but remember, these are your first impressions. You couldn't articulate yourself well without bringing in parties or like something so shallow. I just thought you were so, so shallow. I remember once we started a friendship group between everyone because I think one of your friends liked my friends and they wanted to meet up. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they always wanted to meet up and stuff like that. So we inadvertently spent more time together. I remember there was one time when we went to eat pizza, which you're making me crazy. And your poor friend, OMG. You ate like a pizza, but after the meal, this guy couldn't even have an after-meal mint. You made him spit it out. Yeah, it was about the gains, about getting shredded. Yeah, literally, you literally said that. And you were like, spit it out, spit it out. And you're like, and he was like, I'm not spitting it in your hand, dude. And you're like, spit it out. And he was like, okay. I was like, oh my word, what is happening? Anyway, so my impression of you is that you were really shallow. But instead of actually really understanding you, it wasn't shallowness, it was more shyness. At that time, you felt that's how you needed to fit in. That's yeah, how perhaps. you needed to make friends. Mm, mm, and at the same time, you were a mirror for myself because I was also not myself. Yeah, I mean, if we just follow a little bit of the procedure of what we want to speak about, well, my first impression of you was also shallow. Um, you know, it was all about this superficial, got to show these things that I have, typical princess. But as I got to know you, those impressions change and like, no, Ting's actually not like that. Ting is very independent and she chases being independent and she wants to do a lot of things by herself. It just goes to show that, as I, I'm just repeating this, the first impressions are normally false impressions. But in saying that also, I think this is just a topic for another day, but being superficial and shallow itself is, there's nothing wrong and right about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we'll, we'll do that for another, another day. Just getting to know you more was also in some way getting to know myself more because in getting to know myself more I was developing this ability to be more vulnerable with you because I kept on showing you the facade and you kept on hounding me and like show me more show me more like break these walls down I learned how to be vulnerable and one of the first things I said to you um, (laughs) learning how to be vulnerable I was telling you that I had hemorrhoids (laughs) It was so funny because that was right after you came to pick me up and asked me to be your girlfriend. And that moment, you were acting so weird. I actually know now when you're acting strange, like your mouth gets dry and you're acting weird. You like pace up and down. I think those are all symptoms of being nervous. Yeah, I know, but it was just so weird. And you were like, can I pick you up at the airport? So I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I was going to get one of my friends or even my brother, but you can pick me up. It's fine. So you picked me up and you were like talking on the car. And I was like, yeah, having good conversation. You brought me to the the res and you were allowed to come upstairs. And then you were pacing up and down, up and down. And I was like, do you want some water? Are you okay? And you were like, you know what I want to ask you. And I was like, oh, dude. (laughs) calm down. I, I don't know what you want. I don't know what you want to ask me. And you're like, you know, you know. I was like, I, I, I really don't know, dude. I, I don't know what you want to ask me. <laughs> and then you were like, be my girlfriend. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Sure. It just like sprung it on me. Then we were walking down the stairs to your car. And then you look me in the eye, you hold, you're like on two stairs up, taller than me, looking down, holding my hand. You're like, Ting Ting, can I tell you a secret? I was like, oh, Is he already going to say this now? Is he going to say the L word already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me the secret. I have hemorrhoids. (laughs) 
Okay. Yeah, I'm just learning how to be vulnerable. You want some ice for that, dude? You want some... Uh, but you're studying Lighter medicine at the time, so I was just wondering if you could have some. You had, you had had some solution to my problem. Oh, eat more fiber. I I think I remember saying eat more fiber, and I was like, I'm just a med student, dude. <laughs> I was but like fourth uh, year. Within five minutes of the of our dating, of us being together, and I shared information like that. Yeah, it means a lot to me. <laughs> I I know I know it was very interesting, and I think that was already the mark of our relationship. How it was different from every other ones that I've experienced, every relationship that I've watched on TV, different from my friends. Going back to the walls, breaking down the walls. I think I even wrote you a letter. Yeah, we we bounced letters off each other. Yeah, and no, I just didn't understand what that meant. But for me, I've I've understood that being able to show your vulnerabilities, in other words. Learning how to express your insecurities to your partner. I think when you express your insecurities to your partner, you you surface them. Your partner is the biggest person who'll push your buttons, right? Your your partner will always push you off the most because they're closest to you. They do that to surface up these insecurities for you to work on. Because at the end of the day, a relationship is about growth of two individuals. And in growing each individual, you grow the relationship. Sometimes we're too focused on growing the relationship rather than the two individuals first. I think it's so important to surface these insecurities that we work on them. I've seen in, in some relationships where insecurities are just swept under the carpet all the time and you kind of like have to hide and lie and put on this facade. What tends to happen, these fantasies start stacking. These infatuations start stacking and fantasies and, and infatuations are just it's a one-sided illusion of life. It's just an illusion of life. It's a one-sided reality. So I mean, because it's just illusion, there's no ground to it. So when it falls, the relationship really, really breaks down. That's one thing I really admire about our relationship from the start. We were able to be vulnerable with one another. But even in saying that, I mean, we did have a breakup in between. Yeah, we did. We, we did. did. We did. Yeah. I just want to touch back on the kind of vulnerability and how I like that you're not talking about being truthful to each other. Because what is truth? Truth is not objective. Even in a court, you have different degrees of quality of, of evidence. People's recollection of memories, that's the, the weakest type. And sort of a written document is like the highest type. In terms of being truthful to each other, it's like, what is truth? My truth is different. It's it, There's always that quote, it's like, your truth, my truth, and then the actual truth. You know, it's your story, my story, and actually what happened. So no one can truly say what happened ever, unless it's just documented at the time, objective. Being truthful to each other is an interesting concept because you're always like, oh, be truthful to your partner. Oh, be truthful. But there's a degree of truthfulness that needs to be adjusted. You can't be so truthful that you hurt the person all the time. Like you can be truthful 100% of the time. Yeah, but it can cause deep insecurities in your other partner. Oh, definitely. So I think I think what you're saying is then it's really about aligning each other's values and speaking in terms of each other's values. Definitely. And that's really the truth. That's the truth. And, and sharing your vulnerabilities, I think, is more powerful than speaking truth. Because when you speak truth, there's an element of I am higher and mightier than thou. That was my mistake where I wanted you to be truthful all the time. I was like, just tell me the truth. Just tell me the truth. Just tell me the truth. But I didn't understand that what I wanted was vulnerability. So I think there's a lot of history behind coming to the word vulnerability. Because it's not me wanting you to tell me the truth about something, but rather open up. And yeah, tell, tell me, me the hurts. feeling, yeah, what hurts. You know, tell me what you've Beautiful. been through. Mm. Oh. I'm getting teary. That's okay. <laughs> You're not to be teary. Who said you can't be teary on Who the podcast? Who says you can't be teary on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. That's great. So, 
yeah. get realization. Yeah, a lot of people are seeking for the truth, but they're actually not seeking for the truth. They're just seeking for connection. For connection. Yeah. yeah, beautiful. That's they're really just really seeking cool. to connect with your partner, connect with the other person. I think humans crave connection. Well, we yeah, we do need connection. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're on a planet with human beings and we need each other to, to thrive and survive. It's about providing each other with value. And I think that's interesting because we go to the book Sapiens. So Yuval Hariri talks about how we're such a successful species in terms that how the Homo sapiens won and how we, because of the relationships that we formed, the connections that we formed, and that's what makes us amazing. I think everybody craves these days. There's a bit of vulnerability. Nowadays, everybody wants to put up a facade. I'm perfect. I've got this. I'm independent. I don't need this. And one of the things that I said to you, and I think was something that led to our ultimate breakup was I said, from the beginning, I don't need you. I said that clearly. Clearly to you. I was like, listen, if you want to date me, I even told you I've got a bad temper. I get angry. I get annoyed easily. I, I'm crazy. It's going to be a lot of work to date me. I have all these rules. And I, and I kind of told you already. That was like my disclaimer. If I'm a person, that's my disclaimer. And you're like, yeah, it's fine. Do you want to share them? The five cardinal rules. The five cardinal rules that I told you was number one, if my family and my friends don't like you, then it's over. Then number two was if you disrupt my studies, then it's over. If you try to change who I am, then it's over. If you cheat on me, that was a big one. If you cheat on me, it's going to be over. I'm, I'm not okay with people cheating because of my past relationships where I was hurt really badly. And then number five was if you force me to do things that I don't want to do in terms of it was it was a lot of things. And then there was the, remember there was the triangle that I told you about? So the triangle was who I love was the, at the top, what I love doing, which is my schoolwork. So it was who I love, what I love, and I can't remember the third one. Okay, well, that's fine. That's anyway, interesting so, because so anyway, so the fact that you can't remember them is because I broke all of those, the five yes, yes, rules yes. and I broke the triangle. No, no, but the triangle was who I am. So who I love, what I love doing, I think what my dreams are. So that was what I thought a person was. And that when you join together with somebody else, like a partner, it becomes a square. It becomes a square. Remember, because yes, it's two triangles in a square. And I was like, I'm not looking for someone to be my better half. I'm looking for somebody to be my partner that we can make a better shape. But now then you're, you're assuming that a square is a better shape than a triangle. Yes, which is... But structurally, structurally engineer, and from engineering, from physics, a triangle is, is, is stronger than a square, structurally. Definitely. And you broke every single rule. Broke all the five cardinal rules, the, the triangle... Unconsciously, I broke them as well. In some ways, I didn't mean to break it. I think I surfaced them because it helped you to question where these things are coming from, right? And that's what the podcast and this is what this whole series is about, right? It's about questioning authority and where the hell these rules are coming from. And in some sense, I I, I did cheat on you as well. It was right now to emotional. and emotionally, not not physically, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't say that one is outweighs the other. You didn't believe that was a thing, and yeah, you went to ask believe, all yeah, your yeah. I'm like, what the hell is this? I thought I thought cheating was just physical. Was I was also very new to this whole dating thing, and I'm like, what the hell is emotional cheating? Yeah, and, and during that time, I learned a lot, and we broke up the result of the the emotional cheating. There was a lot of other things as well. Yeah, there was a lot of st- I was stacked up. Yeah, it was just my inability to share my own insecurities. It was just trying to always hold up being strong during the time when we were apart. I wouldn't say in a deep depression, but in a, in a, a depressed state. But in that depressed state, 
I want to reframe it, quote, I, I was deeply rested. And being deeply rested, I really reflected on my own life and I really read a lot of books and I pursued myself and I dove deep into a lot of personal development courses to the extent where I paid for courses as well. And, and you went to seek help. You went to see Yeah, a, I went to seek help uh, from a psychologist. And, I, and during this time, I really just wanted to understand myself more. And I really think from understanding myself more, I got to understand our relationship more and reflect on it and see how why things unfolded the way they did. Not to say that those things were mistakes, because I don't believe in mistakes. I remember talking to a friend and saying, I'm truly grateful for what Ting did to me. Truly grateful for Ting breaking up with me. And my friend's like, dude, what are you, what are you on? What do you mean grateful for someone breaking up with you? And I really am, because that was such a great time for me to develop me to the person that I am right now. That's why I keep saying things had to happen in the way it did in order for you to be the person that you want to become. Whatever has happened, no mistake, but in me really digging deep and understanding myself, it helped me to understand our dynamic and what were the rules and what were the boundaries that were breaking and where were they coming from. Yeah. And and setting boundaries. I think during that time, I think before we broke up, I said to you, I will love you forever. Right? I said, I'll love you forever. And no matter what happens, I wish you the best. I'm breaking up because I want you to grow. It seemed like you didn't understand that concept that yeah, I want you to it, grow. Until it happened. And I was like, I want you to grow. I'm a woman and it feels like you're a boy trying to <laughs> date a woman. And I told you this. I said, I feel like you're immature. I felt that you emotionally cheated on me, but you didn't believe that you did that. Yeah. You know, I gave you a choice. I was like, listen, when we're not together, I told you, I don't want to be second to anyone. I don't want to be a better choice because this person won't fit in as well into your family as I would and stuff like that. And I didn't want to be something that was a shopping list. I wanted you to love and truly choose because you wanted to and not because... No, not because I needed to. Yeah, not because I'm a trophy or whatever. Not not that I'm saying that I'm a great person, but I mean, in Asian culture, you know, being a doctor, you know, being tall, that's like a thing. But for me, I never really truly saw myself as that and I didn't want to be something that was a marketplace let me choose someone who's gonna fit in better I wanted you to really truly love me for who I am and not not the facade and not the things that we were putting up the princess image that I was trying to sell inadvertently I didn't realize that I was trying to sell that image because I'm not someone like that I'm frugal and I'm tomboyish I am very easy maintenance I don't enjoy things that what society deems women like and I like to break that kind of mold but at the same time there were a lot of things that I was still very obedient about that's the interesting thing when your parents teach you obedience they don't realize that you're not only obedient to them you learn to be obedient to everyone every single person you come across you become obedient to and that's a dangerous thing to teach your children because then they never have their own thoughts. They never have their own way of thinking. I thought that I struggled a lot with that. Going a little bit away from my relationship and going towards the relationship with myself, how we talked about this in third year, I had a change in my perception of life. I felt all through my life, I was being like a puppet. Somebody else decided things for me. And I decided that I wanted to do something and I chose to do things that I wanted to do. And I had a big fight with my mom because that was kind of the chicken being kicked, not the chicken, the bird being kicked out the nest and learning how to fly. I was the bird that didn't want to be kicked out. I wanted to just jump and fly. That's when I had an epiphany and I decided to do things for me and to question things, to be rebellious and still respect myself. I definitely respected myself, but I went out and I went to date people. I went to meet people. I went to do fun things that I wanted to do. 
at the same time still retaining certain things that I wanted to keep. What was true for me and my virtues that I wanted to keep, I kept them. Yeah, that's that's very interesting you say that. Yeah, some people still live under the illusion that their decisions and choices are made by other people and not realizing that they also have the power and freedom to make their own choices. I came across someone recently told me a quite interesting story. He used to be dressed up by his mum and the mum always tucked in his shirt. He would go to school and see the other kids and their shirts were untucked. So the next day, he asked his mum, Mom, can I have my shirt untucked? I'm seeing all the other kids have their shirt untucked. And the mom said, you you can do whatever you want to do. You decide. And <laughs> there was that little story, little moment. And that's when he realized that, jeepers, I actually have the power to create my own decisions and own choices. That's actually a very beautiful story. Yeah, it's very interesting. He always thought that his mom had to dictate how he would dress, what he would need to do and all that. But from that moment onwards, I can choose. I can choose to tuck in my shirt or not tuck in my shirt. Right? I don't have to go by my mom's rules. Something so small, but it had such a significance. That's why this podcast is so important, again, to reiterate, is that one day our children will realize that they have the choices to their life ultimately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't have to live up according to our expectations. Yes, we are going to have expectations as parents or wherever it is. Because we're human beings. We're always going to have judgments, expectations. We'd love to teach them to question us. Yeah, definitely. Because what we've learned is may not be the right thing for them. And to be honest, if, if you think about it, it's so funny because it's a, it's a wheel of life. You can also say that this kid who was getting his shirt untucked, he was following the friends. And that was influencing his decision. So in the end, he can choose. Am I going to untuck my shirt and be like everybody else so I can make more friends? Or am I going to tuck in my shirt and be different? Neither, neither is right or correct. Yeah. It's just what but, he but the, exactly but the fact that he has choice he himself has choice is profound enough and realizing that he has choice that when he makes the decision to untuck his shirt what does he want to do why does he want to do that and i think a, a step forward from that is the most powerful word in my opinion is why that's the most powerful questioning word why because you can use that word and get into the core of things if you keep asking why you can really get into the core of someone and love of course love is a very important word it's a very strong word you know, I don't think 30 minutes is enough to actually talk about the whole process of us breaking up and what happened afterwards. Oh, well, share, how- share, share a little bit more of it. How did you feel? I mean, I shared what happened to me in, in our breakup process. Yeah. So for me, I went to the school psychologist. It was very serendipitous because we didn't have enough counselors at the medical school. There were only two. We were allowed 10 sessions free and not many people knew about that. At that time, I remember someone in my senior year had taken his own life and that was really significant for me. I, I He was an acquaintance, but it really struck. And I was like, I need to seek medical help. I don't know why there was ever stigmatization of mental health. It's, it's still there, even though people talk about, oh, look after your mental health, look after your mental health. If somebody goes and sees someone, they're like, oh, like, you know, it's like, oh, he went to the psychologist, he went to the psychiatrist. What's wrong with that? I just thought, you know what, I need to see someone. I was also in a very depressed state. It was my final year and I just wanted to be better. So luckily they employed somebody new from Selimbosch and it was this gentleman who was absolutely incredible. I just spoke to him about everything and he helped me identify some things that I had issues with creating boundaries. I had issues saying no and he actually recommended the book Boundaries by, um, and actually never read it. I bought it. I think it's somewhere in our library, somewhere in our library. I will read it. He helped me a lot. He was telling me about thoughts, feelings, are just cars passing on a highway. Like an angry thought is like an angry red car. You can choose to stop the car and get into the car, or you can choose to let it pass by. So that was kind of emotions and how he... Yeah, being aware of your emotions. Being aware of your emotions. And, and your emotions and, are not you, they're not real. 
they're just passing by and they're always there. And well, they are real. They are real. Yes, yeah, so they're real. I'm saying emotions aren't true. They give you a subjective reality. That's what I'm saying. He also taught me about boundaries, how a relationship is like a house. You can choose to have a gate or no gate. So a house that doesn't have a gate, anyone can come in, right? But it's your house, it's your property. So if you put boundaries are like if you put a gate over, you unlock the door and you say, you can come in when I allow you to come in. When you don't come in, I've locked the door. That's boundaries. It's healthy to have boundaries. It's healthy to say no. It's healthy to prioritize yourself as well. That was very important. And we went through 10 sessions. Really, it helped me. And one of the questions that was very interesting, I asked him, I was like, so doc, have you diagnosed me with a personality disorder? Because obviously I also studied psychiatry. And he was like, you don't have any disorder. Must I go on medication? He was like, you don't need to go on any medication. I was like, okay, <clears throat> why? And he was like, well, it's perfectly normal. You're a human with human emotions and feelings. And there's going to be ups and downs. That's perfectly normal. Yeah, it's perfectly normal to be depressed, to be anxious, to be angry, to be unhappy, to feel negative emotions, to feel happy emotions. It's perfectly normal to feel every emotion. But to an extent. Yeah, these emotions give you feedback. I was just so wrapped up in giving myself a diagnosis. And it was because of this event. I felt that this was, my whole world was crumbling. Yeah, because you were anxious about your anxiety. I was anxious. So, I but was because depressed. you label, because you label your feelings as bad. Exactly. Right. And when you label your feelings as bad, just like being anxious about being anxious, and then you become anxious about being anxious about being anxious, it becomes this vicious cycle. It's so important to reinterpret and redefine our feelings. Yeah, feeling negative emotions is perfectly normal. They serve. And there's, yeah, of course they serve. Because it gives you feedback and there's nothing wrong with, with anyone in this world, really. I totally agree with that. And I think that's a perfect place to actually stop the podcast because that's something that we want to talk about next time, about yeah. the kind of objectifying and subjectifying and never apologizing for how you feel, but rather how you act on those feelings. Because you cannot control how you feel. Right, But you can control how you react or how you act upon how you feel. But you can also work through those feelings. In future, you may not feel the same way when the same action is done. A hundred percent. When you dissolve, when I say dissolve, I mean actually engage with the feeling. Find out what the root of that. Because sometimes an event because will happen. Because you feel the same way because of past judgments and perceptions. Yes, we humans, we can detect patterns. And when a similar pattern happens, it's like our immune system as well. When we recognize a virus, when the virus appears again, our body immediately eliminates it. Do you get what I mean? That's what immunity is. And I think we also have emotional immunity, which can be a good and a bad thing. That is what we're going to talk about. So that's now going to be our following podcast. And the following podcast will be touching on things on what does listening mean? You know, we, we get there frequently. Please listen to me. I just we need you to listen. We get a lot. Males tend to want to give solution and females tend to just want someone not to fix them, but just want to have someone to listen to them. And we'll discuss that more in our next one. In our next podcast, we'll also discuss how emotions are mostly always misinterpreted. We'll also discuss how love cannot be measured by other people's opinion. Yeah, and just to maybe round back a little bit, just to remember, yeah, just a brief summary is that be careful about seeking truth or you seeking vulnerability. How we met was through mutual friends. She was with someone and I pursued because he was no longer there. First impressions can tend to be false impressions. And that, kids, is how I met your mother. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Thanks for popping in. Uh, we look forward to podcast session number three. Bye-bye. Cheers, everyone. Bye.
Thank you for listening. Hope you got some pearls of wisdom. Remember to follow, subscribe, and engage with us on Instagram and YouTube. See See you on on the the next next one. one.